0: podcast by auburn fans for auburn fans brought to you by the auburn uniform database visit them at auburnuniforms.com war eagle auburn fans welcome to inside the jungle your source for auburn men's basketball news and discussion we're here again to talk about Yet again, another Auburn men's basketball game. Continuing the win streak, your Auburn Tigers are 9-0, one of the only undefeated teams left in the nation for the 2019-2020 season thus far. We're going to break down the game against St. Louis. Auburn wins that one 67-61, getting a quality win at a neutral site game. We're going to break down everything from this game. To do that, I brought in my friend and co-host, Mr. Drew Hooper. Drew, I think this is one of the better teams that we played this year.
1: Yeah, St. Louis is a pretty good team. Had some stout post game going on, so definitely a team that is going to help Auburn grow as the season goes on because, I mean, I think we'll look at, as we get deeper into the game, just how we struggled on the inside block and getting rebounds against a very tough St. Louis team.
0: Yeah, and I felt like this game to me felt like a March madness game. If, if that's kind of a, a tall thing or a description to put on a game this early in the season. But when I was watching the flow of it, kind of the, the hype at the beginning of the way that St. Louis started, I almost felt like I was sitting in March on my couch watching what would have been a second round game, maybe even a sweet 16 game because you know, St. Louis is a program that's had uh, some a pretty good history recently, but, but across their history as well. Um, so they're not a team that you need to take lightly by any stretch of the imagination. And, and lo and behold, Auburn yet again lets another team that has some potential get an early lead on. But thankfully, Drew, they do not succumb to that early lead and get into further trouble throughout the game.
1: Yeah, this was a, a in-the-mud sort of game. St. Louis made it ugly early Auburn came out of this game with only seven turnovers, which you think, wow, that's pretty impressive keeping under double digit turnovers. But in reality, I think there was a lot of turnovers that St. Louis caused that weren't on the scoreboard because they were forcing Auburn into awful shots, into late shot clock shots, into a lot of shots that Auburn wanted no part of. And I think that shows one, a well coached team, but also just a team that Auburn's going to see kind of come March whenever they're getting teams that bunker in that know Auburn loves to shoot the ball, loves to get up and down the court, and they're going to drag that game out, make it longer. And St. Louis was a pesky, annoying team.
0: Yeah. And they were, I was surprised at the size that they had. I'm not saying that they're the biggest team in the world, but when I watched how and looked how they matched up with Auburn, I felt like these were two very evenly uh t- evenly matched teams just to say that in the least uh just in a lot of areas and i think that if they, anybody who's not ranked is going to beat auburn right now st louis had the best shot jo- shot to do that so very happy that we had the opportunity to play them this year and to add them to our resume because i do think we will be seeing them in postseason play down the line and i definitely think this is a quality win with that and with the ninth win we are now one of five teams currently as we're recording this this could change at any moment uh that are undefeated left in the nation if i have those right drew and you can correct me if i'm wrong it's uh, us ohio state duquesne liberty and what is the fifth one i'm blanking on there sir can you can you remember ohio state i thought i said ohio state auburn ohio State, state liberty duquesne there's one more that I'm forgetting right now, and I cannot remember for the life of me who it is.
1: But Does, does it really matter in life?
0: It doesn't matter because we're going to be the only one undefeated by the, the end of this. I said it, and so thus now I've jinxed us. The, but what do you think about that, the fact that Auburn is one of the last undefeated teams? Is, do you think it's a product of the schedule, or do you just think that we're showing people how good we are this year?
1: I think this Auburn team has found a way to win a lot of games in a lot of different ways already in the season and really have stretched and tested themselves because you got to think, while we have five seniors, coming, one coming off the bench, four in the starting lineup, it's in reality, it's a brand new team because they weren't in the roles that they were in last year. It's almost like learning a completely different position. While they've played it their whole lives and they've been doing this, they haven't had to be the be the man for 25 plus minutes a game and right now we're seeing that that's having to happen so I think it's pretty impressive what Bruce Pearl's been able to do with this team the fight that they've had and the games that they've been in where they've had to fight tooth and nail to get through some pretty tough games already I think it speaks wonders to them and not really as much of a product of the schedule
0: so I I have to ask this I know we're trying to break down mainly this game but I I do want to take a look forward since we are on this subject right now you know Auburn's got three games left in its non-conference play with NC State Lehigh and Lipscomb what are how confident are you feeling that Auburn goes completely undefeated in non-conference play
1: I think if we get past NC State then we're looking at a 12-0 and non-conference schedule which to be frank at the beginning of the season when you and I really previewed everything I, I was very uncertain Auburn would be able to do and to be fair, you're, the more I look at how the SEC is playing right now, I don't think we'll really get a test even until we go January 11th and face Georgia, their Auburn Arena. So, I, I mean, you're looking at this Auburn team could make an extended run as an undefeated team, and obviously once they get into the meat and potatoes of that SEC schedule, it's going to get a little more challenging. But I think right now what they're doing is highly effective and They're getting wins, and they're, you know, they're finding a way to get it done.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing too. You know, a lot of people will say, okay, you're one of the top uh, teams in the in the nation right now, especially in terms of schedule, being one of the only five that are undefeated. Why is our ranking not higher? Currently, we sit at number twelve. Well, you know, a lot of this happen. It's a lot different than football rankings and basketball rankings. It's not the same. Uh, So you've got to think that you you see some two loss and three loss teams ahead of Auburn still in the rankings that's because they're playing these are guys in the the big 10 uh the big 12 the acc for for crying out loud that play a lot of really good teams in their non-conference play. it's just the way their schedule shaked out this year so at some point i think if auburn does make an extended run the uh, people that are doing the rankings got to start paying attention even if they don't think that the non-conference schedule or the schedule in general is really warranting of Auburn because they are for the most part handling teams. They, they've kind of had a couple of close calls here and there, obviously Furman being the biggest like surprise close call. Uh, but, uh, and I guess you could throw South Alabama in there as well, but we were kind of expecting that going on the road. But I, I've been very pleased with what I've seen thus far out of the Tigers uh, with only a few hiccups down the road. And a lot of those hiccups have become because of these long layoffs that we've had, and we're accustomed to these. It happens during the holiday season. I mean, they're trying to squeeze finals in, the holidays in. We came off of a, I think it was a nine-game layoff for Furman. This was an eight-game layoff. Did you see any difference, Drew, In the way that they performed after each of those layoffs? Did they do better or worse here in this layoff?
1: I think they did better overall in this layoff, but I think the biggest thing we're seeing effective is really the cohesiveness of moving the ball around and the shooting because Auburn in those games have shot under 40% overall. And that's just, that's not gonna cut it in the long run. While we are gonna be able to scrape by here and there with poor shooting performances. For the most part, that's not going to be, we're not going to be able to do that come SEC play and even into March. But I think we look at the trend and look back to last year and, you know, what right about this time was when Auburn hit their cold streak. And I think, you know, maybe that's just part of what Auburn's going to have to go through is they're going to hit a cold stretch and this team's either going to have to figure out how to win or figure out what's going on with it and work their way out of it. And I think right now we're in the middle of that, and getting wins is far better than taking losses in that.
0: I think if anything, last year Coach Pearl proved that his programs and team, at least for last year's, if we just take them in their context and talk about them, were very. uh, They played more favorably in a streak scenario. I mean, look what they did in their run into March Madness to their first Final Four run, just plowing through the Blue Bloods, winning the SEC tournament. When they were able to play back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back, to back 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 back, they were just plowing through very streak-oriented. And so I think it just comes with the territory. For whatever reason, the style that Coach Pearl likes to play, when you have a long layoff, it kind of takes them a little while to get their legs underneath them again. And so I'm actually feeling a little bit better, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, about this NC State game coming up soon uh, because we've already kind of had the game after the layoff, and hopefully that's going to lead us to a little bit more uh, success there. But uh, hopefully, this is the last time you and I will not have to talk for over an extended period of time about Auburn basketball. And hopefully, it'll be the last time we talk about the effects of that going in there. Now, speaking of the effects, slow first five minutes of the game for the Tigers in this one. Um, St. Louis got out to a nine nothing run there. At any point, Drew, did you feel that you needed to hit the panic button with this, or did you think that it was still under control for the Tigers?
1: Oh, I thought St. Louis was going to take off with it, with the shots that we were taking and just kind of the lackadaisicalness that was coming with our performance. It, it looks like we didn't have the zip on moving the ball around the perimeter that we typically do. And we've seen that back-to-back games now. And it just didn't seem like we were really that interested in boxing out and playing defense, which, I mean, frankly, both of those things still rang true throughout the game. It's just Auburn... Was able to make more shots in St. Louis over time and go longer stretches of being keyed into the game. And St. Louis really sucks at free throws. So, we don't, but I mean, we still were able to make them, uh, make <laughs> a little bit more, but it's just one of those that I, I think Auburn managed to play a little bit better poorly if that makes any
0: sense <laughs> i get what you're saying uh and especially in the area of free throws there i mean you know i'm glad we're going to go and get that out of the way 42 percent for st louis 46 percent for auburn i i'm just i i just need to start expecting that they're not going to be free throw shooters this year which just irks me to my core but uh it, at least the other team was even worse at free throw shooting in this game i think another reason that kind of uh could have been even a little bit more scary for Auburn. It is their best player, and the one that we said to watch coming into the St. Louis was uh, Goodwin, and he didn't get going until Auburn kind of started going as well. He ends up as uh, their second top scorer, 15 points uh, on the night and 12 rebounds, so he gets a double uh, double. He had four turnovers in the night, uh, so I think had he had been a little bit more on early in this game, you could have been looking at a substantial double digit lead for St. Louis. At the beginning of this game, maybe even leading up to half. So, with Auburn's poor shooting performance, poor shot selection, and if that had been going, this could have gotten really bad for Auburn early on in the game. So, part of the reason it didn't, though, is somebody stepped. A lot of people stepped up. Uh, Daniel Purifoy, for one. I mean, I know he's not blowing people away with the stats this year, but Daniel is finding a way. I feel like to to hit the shot exactly when you need him to. To kind of get the tigers back on track or to get a high energy play what do you what do you think about danjel in this game
1: yeah danjel only took two shots in the whole game and which seems kind of odd but he he was affecting the game defensively like his guy was not a concern on the offensive end and he was playing really good help defense especially in the second half you saw him getting into the lane and really helping double down on Goodwin and I you know what he has a lot of stats that don't appear in box scores yep I think when you go back and watch the tape I'm sure Bruce Pearl is just over the moon about in film sessions but You want to see him kind of take that next step to where he's able to affect all aspects of the game. He was at the beginning of the season. He hasn't been so much now. But really, I think that's the uniqueness of this team is that they're going to be able to really carry the load for each other on different nights. You don't have to have one person, two persons carrying the load each and every night.
0: I think the way I would describe D'Angelo is he has disappeared into the starting lineup. Like, he's obviously starting, and he's there contributing. But as you said perfectly, his stats don't make you know waves on the stat line here. These are not things that really show up. Yeah, two points on just two shots, but five rebounds. He only gets two personal fouls on the night and only one turnover from him. Uh, there are other stats that, as you said, aren't even listed that we can't even talk about on this. So I just... I've really appreciated Dan Gell's transformation from when he got here to when he had to sit out to last year, kind of struggling to find his feet, but doing so at a crucial point, Robert and now assimilating into the team and, and his, his role aspect right now. And I do think there's going to be a time where he steps up and is a bit more of a contributor, but, him getting the Tigers started on the night, I thought was a a very crucial point. And I think that kind of fits what he's been doing for us. Now, the guy that really showed out at least in stats last night, Javon McCormick, uh, 20 points. He was seven for 14 from the field. Three, uh, four for eight from three point land. uh, And he was two for eight from the free throw lines. He was not shooting well there. He had seven rebounds himself and six assists. So, other than free throws, Drew, I don't have a lot to gripe with him about across his stat line. What did you think about him?
1: You know, I think really he he did well changing the pace uh, when Auburn started going on their runs and did a very good job in transition defense, I thought. But I, I am going to take a step back and take the mantle from you, Kyle Loomis, okay. about the free throws. I think that is going to be a massive problem for us going forward. And I would not be shocked if his minutes start to go down come SEC play. We see Samir Dowdy running the point more and we see more of a bigger lineup as far as getting purefoy McLemore, Okoro, and Wiley on the floor together with Samir Dowdy because SEC teams are going to start keying in and really just taking the fouls, knowing that if they send him to the line, that's going to be an empty possession. So I think – the biggest thing for this Auburn team right now to take a step forward is, one, collectively work on free throws, but Jayvon McCormick, if he's going to be the point guard, be the guy, be what Jared Harper was last year, he has to become more effective as a free throw shooter. Yeah. And I find it very odd because he has such a clean, pure stroke, but yet can't hit a free throw. And so I think as great as his game was, that glares to me even mm-hmm. more.
0: I would completely agree with you on that. That was the one, and it, it's, I say it's the one stat that I would gripe about on it. And it's a big one there because obviously it's a big sticking point for me. But if you want to be the Jared Harper of this team, then you need to be do, doing what Jared Harper did very well. And that was take the fouls. Sometimes he was good at acting on the fouls, but when he got to the line, for the most part, he made the shots. So if Javon can find, figure out what's going on with that already good-looking shot of his and why it's just not working from the free-throw stripe, then he's going to be picking his game to another level. But he does power the Tigers uh, against St. Louis uh, on this night. 20 points for him and uh, seven rebounds and six assists there on the night. You know, I thought Okoro again. He's kind of gotten into a point where he's had some slow starts, but he he tends to get his numbers by the end of the game. 12 points for him, five rebounds. Um, I think you and I both question uh, a decision he made at the end of the game there that could potentially have ended up very poorly for Auburn. But I think we have to remind ourselves he's a freshman. Uh, Why don't you run us through what happened there at the end of the game with Okoro and that decision that he made?
1: Well, I mean, just your typical game. Auburn's trying to close off, seal the game, eat clock, being up the, the point total that they were. And I mean, Okoro... Uh, probably just a lapse of judgment at the time and also playing for tends to do this. Uh, <laughs> he's in transition at the, at the wing, open three. I mean, that green light's always on for Auburn, but maybe it was a yellow light at this time. And he just, <laughs> he decided to fly right through it rather than just go ahead and pump the brakes. And he pulled up for a three. And the thing I find funny out of all this is, yeah, you don't want to see him do that. Bruce Pearl, I'm sure, has already talked to him, done saying. I'm sure one of those seniors grabbed him and said, hey, man, let's pump the brakes next time because it got a little antsy there after that. But the funniest part I find is these announcers who are assigned to these games that are typically fired college coaches, like did <laughs> atrociously, true. they they get so up in arms about decisions. And then you want to ask, OK, so why aren't you on the sideline? Like, Why? Ooh. Why aren't you coaching then if you are so good at knowing everything that needs to be done? Uh, It's just funny, the correlation between fired college basketball coaches and Twitter coaches, because they're legitimately the exact same people. And I just found it funny because as soon as he did it, the guy was talking about how he wants Okoro on the bench, how he would never do that again, how this, that, and the other. And you just want to make the statement, that's probably why you're not a college coach if you're putting Isaac Okoro on the bench.
0: Well, and it tells you, too, they're not watching uh, or at least paying attention close enough to the entirety of his season thus far and seeing how crucial he has been. And he, he's warranted a little bit of a, a looser leash, so to speak. I mean, he single-handedly wins the game for Auburn down in South Alabama. And it wasn't a pretty shot he threw up, but he did it nonetheless. He's he's taken over games this season. And I, I, think, he, I think you have to remind ourselves as Auburn fans, but just basketball people in general, is that some of these guys are still freshmen. I don't care how good they are. They're going to make some stupid decisions sometimes. And when you're in the heat of moment, running the type of offense that Auburn does, and you feel like you're kind of getting your shot on that night. Sure. I've been prone to do that myself. And that's probably why I didn't play any longer than I did, because I probably did this more than a would have. So I, I do see where you're coming from with the gripes on the announcers, just kind of getting on their case a little bit and maybe, if they made some decisions other than what they're saying that they would have done on TV, they would not be on TV and on a bench somewhere coaching a game still. Uh, let's run through a couple other stats here. We already kind of mentioned how Auburn performed shooting-wise, but I'll run through them here for you. 35% uh, f- field goal percentage for Auburn, 38% from three points, 46 from the free throws, only seven turnovers on the night. Uh, Auburn also got 12 points off of turnovers. They lose the rebound battle, Drew. I was not aware of this. Fifty-one to forty-five, they get taken down by the Billikins. By the way, Billikin is just the most awesome uh, mascot name ever. Can you think of one better than Billikins?
1: Uh, not off the top of my head, but you know, there's got to be something out there. I mean, but Billikins are pretty Catamount. cool. Give them that. Eh, is good. Cat Catamounts are just a fancy northern way to say cat. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't mean. Know. I mean, really, is it that good? Yeah, I I don't know. I
0: just I just love the name Billiken. Whatever I say, it so I just had to take that little tangent right there. But uh, total rebounds, though, did were you aware? I wasn't aware, honestly, that 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 they were able to take us in that category. Did you did you felt like we were getting out, out rebounded when you watched it?
1: Oh yeah, I mean the fact that we knew that they were going to shank the free throw and just refused to box out. Uh, The only thing that saved us is that St. Louis stopped trying to go for the rebound on missed free throws, which was a very odd decision by uh, coach Ford, but honestly giving up losing the rebound battle, but also giving up 21 offensive rebounds is atrocious and really needs to be looked at. I thought Macklemore could have done better on the boards only comes out with two rebounds on the night. I think, Wiley though he let us in rebounds let a couple slip through as well and I think those are just lack of focus um, at times because a lot of their offensive rebounds came off of missed free throws they did not come off of just open play all the time and so I think that was definitely something that could have been prevented and I mean you know that's something we're going to see going forward does this Auburn team bounce back and learn from their mistakes or do they just keep making the same ones over and over again
0: Right. And the beauty of this is, is you know, we continue to slice and dice how the game ended up the way it did. But what's going to matter is that Auburn has St. Louis as a win on their column. And they're continuing to be undefeated at this moment. Um, so uh, when it's all said and done, it's just a W on the on the uh, actual schedule there. Uh, but uh, hopefully, as you said, Auburn can take some things and uh, move forward with this. But I take a lot of encouragement uh, that when we are struggling shooting, especially off of layoffs, we're finding ways to win. We're utilizing our defense, winning off of the turnover game and the fast break, especially when three-point shots and free throws are not going down. Uh, So Auburn's got a lot of weapons and a lot of ways to win a game, and I think that's going to they show tonight that it is going to uh, pay off for them down the line there. So let's put this one to bed. Let's move on to the next couple of games. And this is a little bit of a scheduling note for us on the podcast is that we will be covering two games on our next episode. This is one of those weird times that happens every few seasons where Auburn plays a game with it, two games within three nights. And it's just not feasible for us, especially during the holidays, to get out an episode for each one. So we're going to be combining the NC State game with the Lehigh game. Uh, which is coming up very shortly after the NC State game. And now, Drew, if we're honest, I think all eyes are going to be on that NC State game rather than the Lehigh game. NC State comes in at 8-2. and We're going to be playing them at 8 p.m. Central time this Thursday, the 19th. You can watch that on ESPN2. When I say the word NC State for Auburn basketball fans, one thing comes to mind, and it's revenge. Take yourself back, Drew. To last year. And what did you think about the whole situation with us not being able to warm up, the whole scheduling snafu with a graduation? What were your thoughts on that?
1: I mean, it it is what it is. People are going to try and knock you off whatever way they can. Um, And maybe their locker room's a little colder in Auburn Arena this year. Maybe (laughs) the volleyball team's got to get a little practice in, even though they don't have a coach. Like, oh, wow. (laughs) I mean, I mean, maybe we're just, uh, maybe we're going to practice graduation. I even graduate people <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I You know what? Like it, it is, it really is what it is. Like I, I think it's going to be a small talking point if the announcers do their homework, but honestly, I think that this Auburn team is going to come out and hopefully have a fire underneath them and look to take care of business. How
0: about this? I'm going to set an over under if it does not get mentioned three separate times. I mean, there has to be like with a, a minute difference between them getting mentioned that they were not able to warm up properly last year. Uh, then I don't know what I'll do, but that's my over under there. Will you take oh, some of that?
1: I'll take the under all day.
0: Oh, you're so you're going two or less. Wait,
1: I mean I mean let's see. This is an ESPN two game. So that's me we're not getting the top brass. <laughs> and Uh, I just, I don't think people do their homework. It's going to be 8 PM game. So unless we're getting the guy who's really trying to move up the ladder or something like that, I think it doesn't, they they won't do their homework enough to mention that. And especially with North Carolina state just coming off a buzzer beater. I feel like that's going to get mentioned 30,000 times.
0: Oh yeah. So they just got off a, a buzzer beater, as Drew said, from, um, UNC Greensboro, uh, 80 to 77. Um, you know, it, it's not a – we can't talk because we've struggled against South Alabama and Furman, which are both teams that are going to be competing for their championship, mind you. And I don't know where Greensboro stands in that. I would say just from having heard a lot of noise about them this year, so I would say that's probably a little bit too scary of a situation for them at this point. But it's still NC State. They're a great pedigree. And it really is, as we've already mentioned earlier in the episode, one of the last big hurdles or the last big hurdle in non-conference play for Auburn to get out of here unscathed. And so you got to think last year hangs heavily on their minds and uh, what happened there, but also the reality of what is possible here. But thankfully, this is an Auburn arena. So what's your confidence level that Auburn comes out of the win here with uh, NC State, Drew?
1: Well, I think if we really come into this and look to lock the guards down because that's where a lot of their play runs through. If McCormick and Dowdy show up and really do a good job of pressing our opponent, then I think this is going to be a win. It may be on the scoreline of the St. Louis game, but I don't think that it... I I would be shocked, and I can honestly be shocked. That's not a big deal, (laughs) but I'd be shocked if... Auburn comes out for three straight games in a row, looking lethargic, not looking engaged. Right. That's just not the Bruce Pearl we've come to see and know at Auburn. And I guarantee finals are passed. Everyone's done with all that. All of that stuff is done. I, I think this team comes out ready to go and understands, you know what, we, we've we gotten away with it a couple of times already this season. We can't let this keep going.
0: And the Auburn fans know that too, so I would expect this is going to be a very well-attended game. I hope I'm not wrong on that aspect. I know it is a busy time of the year for everybody, but I just know from talking to people about non-conference play, just in general on the street, and the the team that comes up for them that they most want to see happen for a win for Auburn is NC State. So I do think this is going to be attended well at Auburn Arena uh, with everything that happened last year and them looking to kind of get that little bit of a monkey off of their back there just a little bit more information for all of you at home on NC State only two losses on the year they lost to Georgia Tech which is not a good loss but they have a very good loss against a very good Memphis team and mind you this is a Memphis team that is missing two of their best players at this moment and they just came off of a win Memphis did at Tennessee uh so they have a bad loss, a good loss. So you kind of don't know where to come from. They struggled. You get a struggle win against Greensboro. Um, so we don't know which team we're going to get. A player to watch is C.J. Bryce, a senior guard, who is their top scorer at 15.8 points per game and their, uh, also their top rebounder at 6.8 um, rebounds per game. Now you wanted to bring up guard Marquel Johnson, the senior guard, with his assist. Why does he interest you?
1: I I just think a guard that makes things tick is a danger. And that's why I said. If our guards come ready to lock it down, play some tough defense, and really push the envelope, then I I think this is going to be a comfortable win for Auburn. But if we come out unengaged, a a guy who's already averaging five assists a game, which five assists a game in the college world is like averaging 11, 12 assists a game in the NBA world. (laughs) And so... That's really something that that you got to take into account. You got to worry about because if they got someone pulling the strings and really setting up their offense well, it's going to be hard to stop. And I think with him already showing that this season, that's a danger that Auburn really has to look out for is taking him out of the game early.
0: And when I look at this, kind of taking off what you said and with the information we have about C.J. Bryce, it seems like C.J. Bryce is going to get his his points, his stats, to what degree, as we'll find out. But we can't let some of these other players do even better than they are, such as Mar- Marquell Johnson, as you said. If he has more than five assists in a game, I think that means Auburn is going to be in some deep trouble there. So this is one of those games you know it's going to be uh, a high interest one, even as late as that game is going to be a night. The Auburn fans are ready for it. There's a big storyline with it. We'll see how it plays out. And real briefly here, Lehigh. I think you and I both agree that this is a tune-up game. Any other thoughts on them before we get out of here?
1: Uh, not really. They've been pretty bad this season, being three and seven on the year. Their their wins are against Carrion. You know the I the, didn't
0: even know there was a carrion,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't even pronounce one of the universities that they beat, and I doubt anyone at Lehigh can either. And so, <laughs> and they beat Albany, uh, so Woo-hoo. I guess they beat the whole state of New York. Wow. But I mean, in reality, like uh, it's one of those to kind of give you a breath coming into SEC play, and really, our next couple of games after this NC State game are set up that way, so yeah not much to write home about about lehigh but every time we think that they those are the games that we tend to struggle with so yeah i mean who really knows at this point
0: well hopefully it will be just a a catch your breath couple of games coming up after nc state as we head into conference play which is going to be even more interesting Uh, so that's going to do us here on this episode before we get out of here drew let's give our contact information they can find me on twitter at tiger 24 where can they find you you can
1: find me also on Twitter at Drew underscore Hoop, hoop p zero two, 2 And that's
0: all we have in this edition of Inside the Jungle. But until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show.